Estate planning made easy. This is The Strong Room on 770 CHQR, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Back with you on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. And we're joined now by legal counsel Henry Villanueva and Macmillan President Sherry Macmillan to talk about life planning for those who own land and who are thinking about the transition to retirement. There's a lot of generations in Calgary and a lot of big families in Alberta that do a lot of farm land work as well as rural work as well. And in this particular case, we've had a lot of instances of families approaching us on how to deal or structure their estate properly so as to ensure that they have family harmony and a proper transition from the parent group to the children group. Uh, An easy example is uh, one family we met where uh, the parents have been farming the land for quite a substantial number of years and uh, the children group uh, would like to help with the farm, but they would also like to continue on with their careers. We had a deep talk with the children and found out that they were not actually interested in the farm altogether, but were interested in actually leasing out the land for, uh, for solar panels or for electric facilities. Having talked to the parents, We told them that this is what the children wanted to do for their parents' property. But uh, their parents were concerned with whether or not the land would be dealt uh, properly and that whether or not the income would be uh, substantial enough. These are the points that you have to consider when providing for a generational plan for, for example, farm families. You have to make sure that uh, the parent group will still have sufficient income and whether or not the plan of the kids on how to deal with the farmland would be appropriate in such instances as well. It's not as easy as just leasing the land out. There's many factors to consider, including the land itself, how uh, the the city or the municipality um, regulates the use of the land, as well as commercial contracts involving third parties, which would provide for uh, the solar panels or the electric facilities. One of the real issues in family farm is often the in-laws, because in order to keep the operation moving forward, we certainly can't be dividing it in the event someone in the family experiences a divorce. And so this is a real risk to family farm operations. And so one of the primary things that we're also looking at in protecting a family farm is that we are protecting the family farm for the bloodline only. And so if the couples remain married for their entire lifespan, of course, they benefit because the farm um, is part of their lifestyle. But if they were to leave their partner or divorce, We don't want the farm operation broken up because it won't continue to succeed. So the real issue for family farm is often that bloodline protection and protecting it from one generation to the next. Are farms and ranches unique because of the fact that it's land as opposed to a restaurant or a grocery store or, you know, a a manufacturing facility? I would suggest that family farm is often what we would call cash poor. So they continually reinvest the profits that they do make from the farm operation into buying more equipment, perhaps buying more land and the expansion of the operation. So frequently when they're doing a wealth transfer or they're going into retirement, their challenge is often that they don't have enough cash flow in order to make the retirement a decent lifestyle. And yet in order to keep the operating business 
business as a going concern, we can't sell off land or we won't have enough land to make profit. So they're always in this catch 22, generally speaking. So we encourage families proactively long before retirement to start to strip enough value away to prepare for their own retirement so that the operating business can carry on in the farm without their retirement being jeopardized. And this is a hard thought for business owners, especially family farm, because they're always endeavoring to grow that operation. But the challenge, of course, Peter, is it's in land and land is not going to give you the income stream necessarily that you will need for retirement. So we still think it's a fantastic asset. We have many families that are multimillionaires in land base, but they don't actually have cash to spend during retirement. So we always suggest to farm families, look at other business operations because a family farm is a business and see how they do it. So for example, your analogy of a restaurant, if you own a restaurant, what you will offer and do is take some of the profit out of that restaurant year to year and start to build a retirement pool for yourself. And good business practice would say such. So just because it's a farm, we still have to follow good business practice for protecting your retirement in the future. So when the herd is sold or the canola is sold, uh, some of that money should be put aside for the retirement of the, the parent group, which owns the property and which is running the business, even while the rest of it is being reinvested in seed for next spring and, uh, and new cattle and so forth. That's right. And I think that generation prior were not taught this because ultimately they didn't have that privilege because they could barely make ends meet on a farm operation. But today in modern society, farmers are starting to create affluence in their families. And so it's just that good rule of thumb, you know, take your 10% and sock it away for your future. And then you're going to have both privileges when you're going to retire. You're going to have the privilege to have some cash. And maybe we have many farmers who like to winter down south and they want to buy a small property down there to enjoy, but they certainly don't want to give up the farm operation for the generations to come. So we've got to balance the priorities and the goals. And the farm is not the only goal in a family farm. Is there more emotion in a family unit about the family farm than there is about a restaurant, a manufacturing concern, a trucking company, or something else. The only comparable I can think of uh, would be the family cottage. But I wonder if if dealing with the emotional issues of trying to figure out what to do with the family farmer ranch becomes an important part of good estate planning. There's certainly a lot of emotion on these particular assets. Family farm, cottage and family business. And I think the reason there are so many emotions around these assets is you're mixing people's security and you're mixing human dynamic and then you're also mixing money into the mix. And you put all of that into a big pot and stir it, you're going to have some measures of kinds of conflicts in this family unit. So it's about diffusing. And what it's really about, Peter, in a family farm is figuring out what is good for the farm itself as its own entity and then figuring out what is appropriate for the parent group who um, have created the family farm and also figuring out what will be what good and fair for the children that are on the farm and the children that are not. And so it's about really understanding how we can find a compromise. There is no perfect solution. And often when families come into our office, they're like, okay, you've done, you know, a thousand of these. Certainly you have a perfect solution. We have a balance of solutions that can be customized 
But the reality is sometimes you have to make very hard decisions. And hard decisions are things like we're going to give the farm to our son and our daughters that are in the city, we're going to buy out in cash because not everybody can operate the farm. And so, you know, these are the kinds of real life situations that family farm faces. And the important part to us, Peter, is that the communication begins and we start to diffuse the emotion and that we come to an understanding of what the win-win situation is in that particular family. It's about keeping the surface of the water calm. It's about, you know, making sure that the boiling pot doesn't boil over. It's about uh, low and slow on the heat uh, to create a finished product that everyone can live with. It is. And when we're talking about so many different individuals' needs and the operation itself having its own needs, we have to be very um, conscientious in how we balance all of those needs appropriately so everybody is receiving predominantly the most of what their needs are. And it's not simple, obviously. And sometimes things have to be foregone. Uh, we have one family right now, Peter, that we're working with, and there's just not enough income for the three brothers to stay on the farm. So one of the children that has a, a high university education is going to go off and pursue a different path. And and that is, you know, the agreement that the family has come to because there's just certainly not enough to share. Now, in larger operations, the opposite happens. There's plenty to share, but instead of plenty to share, we have a whole bunch of in-laws impacting uh, and influencing what is right and fair. And so you can see it doesn't matter how small your operation is or how grand your operation is. As farm families, we face a whole dilemma of issues when we're designing our state plan and protecting our retirement for the future. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.